Yes, it is starting to get cold outside, but you know, we still got the hot takes here on What's the Word Entertainment. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome. Thank you for joining us to another episode here. Of course, joined by my partner in crime, Obed. I am Sherm, ready to bring you all the newest action here on, here on sports. Um, we're going to start off with some NBA latest news as the NBA draft is getting underway tonight. Um, got some news happening around the uh, basketball world just this, this past couple, this past week, the past couple days, actually. The biggest thing so far has been uh, Oklahoma City point guard Chris Paul being traded to the Phoenix Suns uh, for for a few other players and a a draft pick. Obed, uh, first of all, good to have you as always, my friend. But, man, what do you think of the deal getting done for CP3 going out to the desert? Nader, Oubre, Rubio, Jerome, LeCue, and a 2022 first-rounder. In this economy? Whew! My goodness gracious me. I don't know what, <laughs> what OKC, did they just, I wonder if it was past election, if Oklahoma just legalized uh, uh, medicinal or, ma- or recreational marijuana, because they are smoking something out there. If you really, for, for them to pass that over to the Phoenix Sun and make that trade happen. First off, congratulations to uh, Oklahoma City. They, uh, they also acquired Danny Green from uh, the Lakers for Dennis Schrader. Um, you know, sending that guard mm-hmm. over there. So they're getting mm-hmm. a former, you know, champion in Danny Green um, from, the, from the LA Lakers. Congratulations to them. Uh, I think it's a great trade for the Suns, excuse me, for the, uh, uh, for the Thunder in that they have picked up a bunch of great talent, a first rounder for whoever ends up on the team. Phoenix may be in the chance that they get to like unload some contracts. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I just... I just don't think it's it's that good of a trade, and I don't know really in the long term like what is this going to do for them. So on the Phoenix side of the ball, so they, they get CP3 and Nader, the Thunder got everyone else that you mentioned, Ubre and Rubio, things like that. But I'm looking at this squad now at Phoenix, and I'm thinking, and a lot of a lot of a lot of people have been talking about can Phoenix now compete in the West? You know, with all the powerhouses, CP3 at the point. You've got an all-star in Devin Booker, shooting guard, and, and the big man in the middle, DeAndre Eaton. Um, I like this. I like this team. Booker is a baller. Let's just flat out say it. And I, I was quite frankly, for the I was surprised that the former first-round pick signed that super max deal with Phoenix a year or so ago that he was going to stay in Phoenix. I thought he would try to, let's say, go somewhere else. Let's say go to like a Milwaukee with Giannis or something like that because that would be lethal if he did something like that. But obviously, he's there for the long term. Um, does this put them in the elite status? It does not. I think they're a five, six, maybe even a seven seed at best. Um, you know, like I said, no more than five, probably I was, I was even say six or seven seed. Um, cause the West is loaded as we know with the, with all the California teams, Fact. um, with Denver, Portland, you know what I mean? So I like, I like the move bringing in a veteran like Chris Paul. This is probably going to be CP3's last stop. Who knows? And I think he can still play somewhat at a high level. He can bring some leadership to that locker room. But does this put the Phoenix Suns over the hump to get past either L.A. squad or Golden State? Absolutely not. Quite frankly, I don't even think it gets them past Denver, as I mentioned before. You know, they still have to compete with them. But Devin Booker is a heck of a player. So I'm glad CP, he gets a legitimate, true point guard. I mean, Ricky Rubio was no slouch, don't get me wrong. But he has a potential Hall of Fame point guard now in CP3 feeding him the rock. He was already ninth in scoring in the league last year. You know what I mean? So now I think his numbers will just increase even more. You know? So, but I think there's still so many teams for the out out west. Obviously, you have to look at Houston. um, Even Utah is still playing well. Dallas and things like that. So we'll see. But I... I like the trade, but I don't think it makes them that much better. Now, speaking of Houston, there's some some some, some rumblings going on out there out there in Texas. It's been noted that the Rockets Rockets All Star James Harden has declined his option, the extension that the, the Rockets offered him at what two years, 103 million dollars. He was going to be the first ever player to make over 50 million dollars a year. He declined that, and he's looking to go to Brooklyn. Dude, if this happens, if you can put him in Brooklyn with KD and Kyrie, forget about Milwaukee in the East, forget about Miami in the East, the Brooklyn Nets are going to the NBA Finals. I disagree. That team will implode before any of that stuff happens. Sherman, there's only one ball. And if it comes down to it, if – 
I don't know what you bring Harden in to do that we haven't seen already. Yeah, he's going to blow up the stat sheet. Is that going to win you? Uh, oh, is that going to win you playoff games? Quite frankly, is he ready to come and play team ball for somebody finally somewhere? Because the first look is going to KD. That's why you bring him in, especially mm-hmm. the way the roster is. Regardless of him being injured and coming back from injury, he's the first look. If that's not the case, Kyrie, you know Kyrie has the ball in his hands already because he's coming down playing point for them. Mm-hmm. Are we – is it to defer to Harden to take a shot, throw something up, or does Kyrie just take it on his own? You know, I, I it's not it, – on paper, yes, it sounds like a great big three. I understand why Harden wouldn't resign there. He's already done that song and dance, and it looks like uh, they're looking to get rid of Westbrook, anyways. Um, right. But, I- I'm just thinking now, is this this because obviously it has to be a trade because because Harden already has two years, you know, 133 million dollars left on his deal. So, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna make money either way. But I mean, without mortgaging the farm, because to get Harden, I mean, do the, does Houston? Let me ask. Well, it could be this: Does Houston demand Kyrie in return if the if they're giving away Harden? Because you know the Nets aren't parting with KD. Let's just be honest; no one's no. going to part with KD. No, it would have to be for Kyrie. But or they they swap Kyrie and let's say a secondary player or a draft pick for James Harden. And you just got Harden and KD, the two former teammates in Oklahoma City. Then yeah. that's your squad. And then you're good to go from there. Or do you try to just simply trade away Harden and you just basically, like I said, mortgage the entire farm and the future of the franchise. You get rid of maybe Spencer Dimwitty, uh, Kyrus LeVert, Tyler Johnson, you know, think guys like that. And a, maybe a, a, and a pick or two. So, and maybe even Jared, and throwing Jared Allen if need be, you know. Um, do you kind of just give away your entire squad for the chance of getting Harden? But like you said, I will agree with you. There's only one ball. Harden is just a little bit of a ball hog. You know, KD wants the ball in his hands. Kyrie will, I think, will to defer. But I can tell you, yeah, if, if KD is not getting his shots, he will get upset for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, and Harden definitely wants to be – he's been the leading scorer for the past, you know, how many seasons? You know, I think he yeah. averaged, what, almost, what, 30 – five or 36 last year mm-hmm. so it's going to be tough but if they can figure it out Obed they will be in the finals so, so tell me this Sherman do you because you still haven't seen Kyrie and KD together the reason that you brought them into Brooklyn in the first place True. are you selling on Kyrie without even giving that duo a chance I I mean as an ownership as a or ownership fan, you know, standpoint, if I'm going to say I'm, I'm the owner, yeah, I want all three of them in there. I want all three of them. Now, as a GM, from a financial standpoint, can you have all of them in there? And as from a head coaching standpoint, are you able to manage this team as it is with these guys? Now, granted, you brought in Steve. Now, you got Steve Nash. You remember, we all know he's going to be the coach of the Nets. Can he, I remember, a first-time head coach in this league, First time, any, any type of any type of coaching position in this league, yeah. can he rally them, rally the troops, so to speak, and reel them in? I mean, as a, as an organization, do I want all three of them? I cannot give up Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, that duo, and then potentially adding James Harden. Your eyes are one hundred percent on championship all the way. Now, granted, they may have already been on the championship with with KD and Kyrie. I don't think you can give that up. But but the but the potential of adding a potential Hall of Fame player and James Harden, because we know the, it's all about the big threes now. Ever since even before Miami did it, it was back when Boston did it with KG, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen. Then it they had great pieces outside of that too. You know what I mean? You you've got uh, Big Baby Davis out there. You've mm-hmm. also got uh, uh, oh, who's coming off the swing for them? Uh, their their sixth man. You had Rondo out there too. Yeah, Rondo out there as well. Mm-hmm. But they just they had guys to go to on the bench when they needed to uh, at any point of the game to keep it going. You know, while these guys mm-hmm. were out there getting giving their rest. Right. So it would be difficult because if you have to just if you're going to keep KD and Kyrie and just trade full hearted, you probably have to give up your entire squad. So yeah. you're right. It will hurt them. They won't have depth. But if those three guys can be there and be healthy, it will be something to see. And the Rockets are pretty much kind of throwing all throwing every scenario out there. As you zip, they're, they're possibly looking to trade Russell Westbrook as well, too, yep. to the Wizards for John Wall. I don't know how much sense this makes. You're basically going point guard for point guard. Mm-hmm. John Wall has been riddled with injuries. I don't think he's played in the past two years. So I'm wondering how much sense does this really make and how does it make either team better? And quite frankly, 
I don't even know how to answer my own question. To be honest, I mean, I, I agree with you that th- this makes neither of these teams better. Honestly, this is a wash, right? Both all you're doing is offering both of these players a fresh start somewhere else where they can kind of continue being the same person that they are. Arguably, the Wizards probably get better than the Rockets do from this trade, knowing that James Harden is on the way out. You're you're basically turning the Houston Rockets into what the Wizards have been with less talent around uh, uh, John Wall. Um, and, you know, this allows Brody a chance to just kind of be a high-flying personality at a place where he can take as many shots as he wants because he's only competing with one other guy for the ball in mm-hmm. Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been Wall and Beal. They haven't really accomplished much out there. Like I said, John Wall has been injured. You know, I think he had the heel injury, Achilles, basically all lower body injuries for, for, for so long. So it's been kind of tough for them to kind of really – get anything done but does it really make sense now if you put russell westbrook with bradley beal do they really get over the hump i don't think so especially in the east now with uh you know well they are in the east but especially in the east with with miami with milwaukee and potentially adding Harden to brooklyn they're not washington is not going anywhere let's let's just be honest you know that's right like I said, John Wall, he didn't play at all last season. He played 32 games a week the year before, 41 games the year before. Okay? So he really hasn't played any at all in like three. He's barely played in three years. So is Houston giving up of this, this explosive player in Russell Westbrook? I think that you've got to get more in return. That's just, that's just my opinion. They have to get more in return. Houston really just kind of goes into – kind of fades into the back. If they get if they're if they're getting rid of Harden, they get rid of Westbrook. Houston, no one's paying attention to them anymore. <laughs> they already can't play defense, so you know. Houston will ha- score, like, right. Houston will have a problem for real. Yeah. Hashtag just saying. Let's move it on to college football. Obed, uh, you know, I didn't want to talk about it last week. I guess I'll bring it up now. Penn State football. I don't really know what to say about it. Uh, I think I'm actually done watching Penn State football the rest of the year, quite frankly. I, I was sent out numerous messages to friends throughout the game last, last week against Nebraska. Even right, right, right in the first quarter, at the game start, I said, if Penn State loses this game, probably not, you're not going to see me watching any Penn State football the remainder of the year, 2020. And quite frankly, they lost that game. I don't think I'm going to be watching anymore. Um, it's just sad to watch. Uh, it's, I don't really know what to kind of say about it. Quite frankly, um, it's it's a little bit embarrassing. I get it. It was a shortened off season. You did with the COVID and everything like that. Um, you know the organization. You know, I said I, you and I have said this before. College football is not the same this year. It's really uh-huh. not. But man, uh, I, I don't know. Sean Clifford, I don't think is the answer. I'm wondering, will James Franklin survive this season? Because looking at their schedule. I don't know how many more games they can win. And if they only finish with one or two wins, I'm not sure if James Franklin returns next season or even makes it out of the season. You know, um, I'm looking at, they should, they've got to beat Iowa next week because that's, I mean, after that's Michigan Rutgers and Michigan state, they should beat Rutgers easily. They should beat Michigan state. If you lose, you have to. I think you have to be Michigan for James Franklin to keep his job. You have to be Michigan because that's a, a, a bit of a rivalry game there. If you, but if you go two and six or one and seven, I don't think James Franklin returns. For me, it's hard because, like, how do you? How does anybody take a fall this season? You already pointed it out. COVID shortened season. You know, weren't able to uh, have a real uh, uh, one, a real off season, two, a real season to begin with. Um, that you Valid know, point. it's, it's like, how can I, it's already been a complete S show for of a year, uh, that for most teams has been dead in the water anyway. You know, we're going to start talking about some other teams down the line here, but we're talking about, uh, the Hoosiers as the number 19 in the station, number 19 team in the nation. Like, come on. Right. Like, I, you, <laughs> right. Right. Does, they're just, does, they're benefiting from playing later. And you know what I mean? It, yeah. It's it's not the same, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like I can't, you know, if there's something that will save his job, it's just like okay, this is what I think would happen. 
he returns next year on a very short lease. And if he falters, he'll probably be out in three games max. And I don't know the schedule. Mm-hmm. I know these are kind of I was set in stone beforehand. Right. But yeah, you know that makes sense. You know, if he if he comes out and looks bad after okay, we we, we give you everybody gets a pass because it was just terrible this year. Mm-hmm. But if you come out and this t- team still looks the same, I mean they listen, they lost in overtime to Indiana. At least they can they can hang their hat on that. Only lost by 13 to Ohio State. Okay. That slip up against Maryland definitely shouldn't happen. They got they got they got tongue of Lord, I guess, is that you want to say. <laughs> you know, um, and then you know, lose by seven to Nebraska. Tough losses, things that maybe could be one go go three, four plays another way if you have an entire season to implement your system. Uh, I think he comes back on a short leash, though. Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Come back short leash. Like I said, if you give him for this season, it's not the same, but they're going to be looking at him. Hey, is this – it's James Franklin. I think Chris was on our show a few weeks back, and he said he's a great motivator. You know what I mean? He's a great personality to have on your sideline, but does he know the X's and O's? And to me, running this constant spread offense does not work unless you have the weapons. Penn State does not recruit like a Clemson does, like an Ohio State does, like a USC does, like a Florida does. That's just a fact. We're not getting these dynamic other than Saquon Barkley. When was the last time Penn State has a, had a dynamic Heisman caliber pro player on their squad? Don't worry, I'll wait. Um, oh man, who is the linebacker that played for the Redskins? For the, excuse me, the Washington football team. Lavar Arrington. There you go. <laughs> How long ago was that, dude? At least two or three decades. We will. Yeah. We will yeah. <laughs> I was in the womb when that was happening. No. Facts. I, I, yeah, right. <laughs> no, we're joking, of course. But, yeah, we're not getting the Reggie Bushes consistently. You know, we're not getting the Trevor Lawrences consistently. You know, we're not, we're not getting these, you know, the Justin Fields, you know, the Kyler Murrays consistently, uh, you know, or, you know, the Des Bryant's and Kyle, you know, these, these dynamic – offensive players we're getting these big Buddhist linebackers you just said it we're Penn State's known as linebacker you yeah right yeah you know but it's not help we're not getting the high profile players we just don't recruit that well enough to get those kind of guys <laughs> I don't look fast. I have no hate for Penn State whatsoever but if I have a chance to go to Southern California if I have a chance to go to Florida just as a location, I'm probably going there before I'm freezing my tail off in Pennsylvania. Let's keep it one. Surrounded by cows and farms. Exactly my point. Yeah, and that, that's just what it is. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. So we'll see how Penn State does the remainder of the season. Let's get into some NFL news and action, Obed. Dude, first off, let's talk about uh, Saints quarterback situation down in New Orleans. Uh, Drew Brees is banged up for sure. He's got bruised, broken ribs or Fractured ribs, collapsed lung. He's gonna be he's gonna miss some time. So it looks like they're gonna be going in with Jameis Winston at the helm. How does this injury to Breeze affect his maybe perhaps his him career wise? And also, can Jameis Winston lead this team to the playoffs? So yeah, it's as far as career wise, I mean, this one hurts. Uh, he it's funny you think of them saying, well, he's got you know. Uh, three crap ribs, five fractures total, and a punctured lung. I'll be back in a couple weeks, no sweat. Really, bro? I mean, I win. What world is it? Has he got that that uh, human healing factor, the Wolverine over here? Um, word, right? You know, you think back to 2019, they have five and zero with Bridgewater, and this team right now is largely the same. Um, I think in order for for them to kind of not skip a beat here, you know, Breeze Breeze will be fine. He'll come back. Uh, in the playoffs, I think again he's not the, what you need. That that ability to really extend your your body, open up the arm, make those big throws is not his game. They are not a uh, downfield passing attack. They got the he's a he's a slant boy. Uh, Michael Thomas coming across the middle there, <laughs> and then you know dump offs to Alvin Kamara. I mean maybe they can get some things going with Emmanuel Sanders, but like, uh, currently. Uh, Drew Brees' average depth of target for a minimum of 250 t- attempts. This is how far his passes have traveled of late this year is 6.7 yards versus the guy who's about to come into his role, which is 10.4. If there's anything that you're going to see different in this iteration of the uh, the Saints is that they can be a downfield packing attack and take those shots. Uh, for me, I think that Jameis – now, Sherman, do you think that Jameis Winston can lead them to the playoffs? 
Now, I'm looking at their schedule a little bit. They've got Atlanta coming up this week, followed by Denver, Atlanta again, Philadelphia. Four games easily Jameis Winston can win. Because then you've ended with KC, Minnesota, and Carolina. I think because we said Breeze is going to look to come back within the next two or three weeks, which is, I think, way too optimistic. But if Winston can go 4-0 in those four games and let Breeze come back for KC, because that's going to be the biggest matchup, obviously, that's, they'll be fine. Now, they're sitting at 7-2 run. Even if he goes 3-1, through their 10-3 and heading into the last three games, they're 100% fine. If he can go 3-1 in the next four games, absolutely, they'll, they'll be in the playoffs. Seamus Winston can lead them there, no problem. And what? If he can somehow – even if you lose to KC, let's say you slip up at Minnesota – and uh, you get a win. You get a win against Carolina to end out the season. So you're sitting at what 11, 11 and five at that point. Perfectly, you're you're perfectly fine. Winston, Winston can get it done. Winston can get it done. I, yeah. I, that's just my opinion. I think Winston can definitely get it done. So yeah, and you know, you look at the rest of the uh, the NFL, at least on the NFC side. Like it's gonna be hard for you to get that first round by, but you know, at least you keep yourself at the hunt of the playoffs to be a higher ranked team. And mm-hmm. I think Winston can absolutely get that done and really open up that offense, right? He can take advantage of a guy like Traquan Smith, who's gone largely uh, uh, silent because they don't have that stretch passing game. This gives uh, Sean Payton more options of what he wants to do with the ball. Now, obviously you got to worry about the uh, turnovers. I think if he can limit the mistakes, play within the guidelines of the system, which is Thomas Kamara as your bread and butter, maybe sprinkle Jared Cook. I think they will definitely be able to do something. And, you know, really, I circle that KC game as a loss to that for them anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, they should be, they should be fine. Yeah, I think, I think they will. I think they will. Um, we want to look at another game next. Uh, Miami, looking pretty strong. Fifth win in a row. They beat the Chargers last Sunday. How, how legit can Miami be? I mean, quite frankly, I want to really want to ask, do you think they can possibly win the AFC East? Because it's right now, it's between them and Buffalo, I'd say. Correct? Yeah, it's between them and Buffalo. But, I, I mean, win the East, probably not. Not with the way Buffalo's playing and the rest of the schedule that they have. Buffalo's got a pretty cake schedule to close out the year. Um, but, you know, I just – Tua's still not throwing, not clearing 200 yards in a game passing. Uh, Tua had two potential interceptions. Uh, they lucky that those were drops. Um, I, I don't know if they're a legit contender for uh, the East this year, but if they keep building on this, uh, 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 Salvan Ahmad, oh my goodness, that man can run. They got a great between the tackles runner. That defense is playing well. They have the building blocks and pieces over that, that has been built by Brian Flores and his staff over the last two years that I think can really start to challenge in the East. Um, so they, they're, you know, I don't know if they're a contender this year, um, we'll see the way that I don't know the rest of their schedule. We'll see the way that turns out, but I, I still think that it, uh, this is the Bills' season to win the East or lose it. Yeah, I mean they've got Denver coming up, followed by the Jets and Bengals. So three games they could probably win. The defense is playing well. Three games they can win. Then you got to go against KC, the powerhouse we know, New England, Vegas, and then Buffalo. So. Out of those, you know, what, seven games they got left, I can see them really probably probably going five and two, if, you know, if not four and three. So they could potentially, they could potentially have 11 wins this year, uh, maybe, maybe at, least, at least 10 wins, at least 10 wins this, this season for Miami. And Brian Flores is doing a heck of a job uh, down, down in Florida. I will give him that. And you might have talked about Buffalo. Man, they had a rough one. Dude, this, this hurt me to the core. Um, Kyler Murray, that Kyler Murray magic, man, don't the hail Mary to DeAndre Hopkins at the end of regulation to beat the bills. Cardinals beat the bills in that one, dude, that was a rough one, but Hey, kudos to the Cardinals coming out with that victory. The fact that hop D hop got that drunk, got that jump ball, but what three defenders was ridiculous. three defenders. My goodness, man, just knock the ball down. That's all you got to do. Just knock it down. Right. To don't even you don't have to go for the catch. Just tip it, whatever, knock it down, whatever you need to do. It was it was a rough one, but that was a heck of a game. Cardinals are actually first in the NFC West. This might be the best division in, in football. Um, and quite frankly, you might get three teams from the NFC West this year. 
with the Cardinals, Rams, and Seahawks. So bad, right? Uh, I want to say whoever has been matched up against the uh, NFC East, and I think that's the NFC West, is probably going to put three teams in because the NFC East is just giving away wins. Uh, this is reminiscent of nice. a year with the AFC North where the AFC North put three teams into the playoffs. I think it might have been six years ago because they were paired up with the NFC South, and the NFC South, they were just giving up wins. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's rough for them, dude. I mean, it's kind of it's one of those things where, you know, now that they have a seventh team – um, available to make the playoffs, you know, now it's, it's definitely going to be uh, allow, allow, obviously allow, open up things for the rest of the league, but man, the NFC West is looking good. I kind of like where they're going with that, with, with their, those teams. Cause dude, look at Arizona's playing well, Seattle. We, we talked about it. You know, I, you've been said it, you've said it before. Seattle defense <laughs> is suspect. Is suspect. <laughs> you know, but uh I think I still think six and three, six and three, and six and three for the Cardinals, Rams, and Seahawks. Niners are sitting at four and six because they're riddled with injuries, but they could be they could, that division could definitely be uh, a good one. And to wrap up some of the games, let's lastly let's talk about the Patriots and the Ravens. This was a shocker. I thought Baltimore was going to walk away with this victory easily, but damn, Patriots got them on this one. And I know you got some hot takes on your boy Lamar Jackson. <sighs> Oh boy, Lamar Jackson coming up with that trash sauce yet again. Um, and now listen, I'm not going to say that they, the Patriots have some kind of like magic sauce, right? For, for what it took to beat these guys. Uh, because what it really came down to was you take away Lamar's primary read, which is a tight end. When your primary read is a tight end, but you have Hollywood Brown as your wide receiver one problem. Okay, you force him off the spot. They had great push up front. Um, Lawrence Guy out there getting great, great uh, press from him up front. Uh, but then you have to hope for a monsoon because apparently the weather was just not in the favor of anything that the uh, the Ravens wanted to do. Mind you, the Ravens, you know, this is not a this is not a bad football team. Not not by any stretch of the imagination, but you right, know, 24-34 for 249 yards, two touchdowns and an interception is not going to do it against a lower-tier team. I, I, it hurts me to say it as a Patriots fan, but uh, Patriots, the Patriots football team this year is not anywhere near the same tier as what the Ravens were. And I just feel like the Ravens can't push the tempo on anybody, right? Like out of the gate. I mean, it was very reminiscent of all of the previous Patriots Ravens game. You had trick plays, you had hard nosed defense. Um, you had uh, a powerful run game. Tip my hat to uh, Damian Harris rolls tie. This guy's running hard between the tackles. Uh, you know, you've, uh, you've got uh, Rex Burkhead out there as a gadget player, 30 year old running back who you thought should not even be on the field right now for all of the guys they picked up. Um, but they took it to them. My, my hat's off to Bill Belichick and his staff putting together a game script that definitely negated what Lamar Jackson likes to do best, which is throw to Mark Andrews, uh, right. and then limit his ability to, like, force him to be a quarterback, which we know he has a lot of trouble doing. But look, and this is a team where they only threw the ball 17 times in New England. You know, can't finish 13 of 17 for 118. So it's not like they have to go crazy, you know, you know with Cam putting them up and they still got the victory. That's kind of telling for me to speak about Baltimore, really, to be honest with you, because the fact that you can still lose a game where you have a quarterback in Cam Newton, they only throw the ball 17 times. But they ran all, they, they pretty much ran, ran all over you with Damian Harris, as you mentioned, Obed. Yep. But um, it's – where has this Ravens offense been this, this season? You know, last year they, they lit it up. Yeah. And the run game was on fire with Ingram and Lamar. You know, they even had a point where you had – the Heisman package where you had RG3, Lamar Jackson, and Mark Ingram in the backfield all at one time, you know? Yeah. But where is this dynamic Ravens offense that we saw last year? What's their main issue? I don't – this year, I don't I – don't, what's the difference between last year and this year? Please tell me, if you can. It, it, well, the, the, I think it's the transition from last year to this year. Last year, you never saw that before. You never saw someone attack like that. You never saw somebody run the ball 30, 40 times amongst three different players. Uh, you know, you look at the Tennessee Titans, they'll run the ball 30, 40 times with two players, you know. Um, it, the Ravens, let the tape tell the tale that these guys had uh, an edge of five minutes extra time of possession. These guys won the turnover battle and still lost the game because as uh, – 
as uh, who's the guy who Steve Young said uh, on Monday Night Countdown when they lost, it's an A, B, C, is the offense's mumble rap. The Baltimore Ravens offense is mumble rap. It's ABC. It's not dynamic. It's there's no, they're not fooling you. There's no misdirection. He hasn't Did, taken the next step. Right. Didn't Lamar say that defenses are kind of figuring them out? Yep. Ta- ca- calling their plays out because, and, and that has nothing to do with uh, the, I, I know that what people think is like, Hey, that has something to do with the coaching. Like, well, where the, who's writing up more uh, genius plays, right? Like who's writing up more, more new different plays for them. No, this man doesn't have three reads. Lamar Jackson is only making two reads and then relieving the pocket, right? And if one of those reads is the tight end and then the wide receiver, you got problems, dog. Right. You gotta be able. He's he's only one read better than Colin Kaepernick, and we know Colin. Part of Colin Kaepernick's problem was that he would make one read and run, right? Mm-hmm. If you mm-hmm. want to excel in the NFL today, you have to be able to read three at three, if not four options. One of which being the check down to your running back. Right. Mm -hmm. Lamar's not even looking at J.K. Dobbins and checking down to him. He's immediately exiting the pocket. Right. Right. That is not sustainable if you want to be a quarterback in today's NFL, which we've all just agreed is is a passing league. So if you can, why does why does Justin uh, uh, Burrow, why does (laughs) Justin Burrow look fantastic right now? Right. Joe Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. To keep messing his name up. J. Joe Gene and his jelly bean. Hey, let's talk about Jay. Um, (laughs) Joe Burrow looks great because he can go out there and toss the rock. My man is slinging the rock on the corner at least 40 times a game and racking up 300 yards and racking up three touchdowns. He might have a fumble. He might have an interception, but he looks confident. And Lamar Jackson does not look like that behind center or even in shotgun. Right, right. I mean, I think they definitely have to improve the offense in the draft next season, especially go after some prolific wide receiver talent because improve that squad, get him some weapons, get in and get in a new QB coach who can really help him develop as a as a as a dynamic QB. And that I think at that point he'll he'll become a more uh, a more elite quarterback in the game. Um, last story up here on uh, some kind of quick recap before we get into the rest of the show. We, we take a little quick little break. Obed, you told me about a story that was kind of developing through the day today about the New York Giants. They had to fire a coach. There was no altercation with the head coach. You want to speak about that a little quickly? Yes. Yeah, so Joe Judge uh, on the off, in the uh, excuse me bye week for the Giants or currently bye week wanted to bring in a consultant uh, individual that he coached with uh, previously with the Giants and at New England 2014-2015. This consultant was going to work with uh, the Mr. Mark Colombo, I believe is his name, who is the current O-line coach of the Giants. Uh, Mark Colombo definitely did not appreciate this and voiced his concern that this was going to be undermining to him as the O-line coach for them to bring in an outside consultant who was a good friend of the head coach. There might have already been some kind of simmering going on, might have already been some bad blood there between Joe Judge and the offensive line coach, two of which mm-hmm. they the reports are saying that there was an altercation that led to fisticuffs between Joe Judge and this Mark Colombo. Now, I pray that that is not the case, right? I pray that's not the case because Mark Colombo is 6'8", 350 pounds. Joe Judge does not want that smoke, one. But two, uh, this then led to the reason that the O-line coach was fired. Now, Jay, the, the organization is saying there was no uh, physical altercation. Uh, they just brought him in to release him that week, and they had, were already moving in that direction. and felt like the bye week was the best time to do it. But, you know, I, I can't say that coming off of a win against the, lead, the division leader in the Philadelphia Eagles, a team that you beat with great line play, after they were coming off their bye week, they had two weeks to prepare for you. I don't see why you're making a move to move on from a head coach that is doing his job. So do I believe that there is actually an altercation? I absolutely think there is an altercation. I absolutely think that uh, Mark Colombo was right in saying you're undermining me because you're bringing in your guy because Joe Judge, the reports is that Joe Judge doesn't really understand offensive line play. Joe Judge isn't really versed well in offensive line, so wanted to bring in one of his guys to help him understand. And uh, my man was like, "Nah, I'm not playing that game with you." Wow, that's definitely a story there. That's the next league's going to keep an eye on, folks. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with some more news. We're going to pay some bills. We'll see. We'll, we'll we'll be back here in a few seconds. Give us.
All right, we're back here, folks. Sorry about that. They want to take, take a quick break there, pay some bills, as I mentioned. <laughs> uh, let's get into the rest of the show. Obed, next up, of course, we've got You Right, You Mad. Um, first up, I will say to you, sir, DeAndre Hopkins is the best wide receiver in the NFL at the moment. Sherman, you're right. I mean, looking at this man's career, hit five, he played seven seasons with the Houston Texans. Five out of those seven seasons, he had 1,100-plus receiving yards and, 50, and had 50-plus touchdowns within those seven years. And he did this with Brandon Whedon, Case Keenan, Brock Osweiler, Ryan Mallett, Tom Savage, Matt Schaub, Ryan Fitzpatrick, TJ Yates, Brian Horry, J.J. McCarron only had Deshaun Watson the last three seasons and is yet again cooking this season, uh, mossing three guys, not only helping out his team get uh, a share of being in first place in the NFC West, but also giving Nike $5.7 million of free advertising from having a Jordan brand gloves on when he made that moss catch <laughs> over three defenders, and he's not even a brand Jordan athlete. Uh, you are right. Dude. This dude is straight balling right now. He's tied for second in league in receptions. He's t he's second in, in yards. He doesn't have any touchdowns. He only's got four scores in the year. But Kyler Murray is loving this trade that was made by the foolish Bill O'Brien, who is no longer the head coach or GM of a Houston Texan. Kyler Murray is thanking Bill O'Brien every single day he goes out on this field and has, has D-Hop to throw the ball to. So Thank you know goodness what? he's not a cultural fit. <laughs> Bill O'Brien, you just made Kyler Murray a superstar in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Sherman, let me ask you something. You right, you mad. Bears should switch back to QB Mitchell Trubisky. You know, Obed, I'm going to say you might be right. But you still mad, bro. <laughs> okay? There's no way. I said it before and I'll say it again. There's no way you can go back to minivan Mitch. Okay? I get it. Nick Foles has been struggling. He's a little bit banged up. Now, if he, Nick Foles is injured, obviously you got to put somebody in there. you got to have – you probably put Trubisky in. If Nick Foles is healthy, you stick with Nick Foles. Yeah. Nick Foles is a – game-managing quarterback. He's not your Russell Wilsons, your Patrick Mahomes, obviously kind of player, bigger Ben Roth, even your Ben Rossberg, even your Josh Allen kind of player. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. He will get things done. He will keep your team mediocre. Even if you finish 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7, and seven, it's, not a bad, it's not a bad season. It's not, it's, not, it's, not, it's not horrible. You want to be – you want to have a, usually tend to have at least 10 wins, but it's not horrible. But when I look at this offensive squad – Tyreek Cohen has been out for the year since what, what, since the beginning of the season. Yep. David Montgomery has been inconsistent running the ball. Allen Robinson has, is a damn good receiver. Okay, yep. I will say yep. that he's got a he's got uh, a Rob there. Jimmy Graham is old at the tight end position. He's not what he once was in New Orleans. We all yep. know that. So he does not necessarily have the offensive weapons to throw up you know 350 yards a game and four touchdowns. You know, yep. Unless, I'm just being honest. True. This Bears team stacked up on defense when they, they, they traded the farm for Khalil Mack, you yep. know, Akeem Hicks, um, you know, Roquan, Roquan Smith, the team, Danny Trevathan, this team is stacked on defense. But offensively, there, there's some inconsistency in that roster. I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm sorry, Bears fans out there. Your team is not that prolific on offense. You know, like I said, I do like Allen Robinson. I think he's a legitimate number one receiver. What but – to make Nick Foles a better quarterback and win with him, you need two number one receivers, quite frankly. You know, you need I, like yep. what they got in Tampa Bay with Mike Evans and Antonio Brown, right? Yeah. Spread the ball around, give them guys to go to. Uh, and now, and, and to the point there, um, you know, probably a team that could have used somebody as dynamic as Cam Newton to at least give some misdirection, help out that run game. You're already a defensive stack team. Maybe try to hold the ball a little bit more. Uh, they actually are saying that Mitchell Trubisky is still injured from, I believe it was a shoulder injury. He's saying that got him on iron in the first place. Uh, right. They've brought in Deshaun Kaiser for a workout during the offseason, the, uh, uh, the bye week. Mm -hmm. there potentially, he might start next week. Okay. That's interesting that you're going to bring in Deshaun Kaiser. You're saying Deshaun Kaiser might start. Yes. Over Mitchell Trubisky. Yep. Well, the, quite there. That says it all, my friend. We don't even need to go on any further. Right there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> bet I say to you, you're right, you mad. The New York Jets will go winless this season. 
Oh, Sherman, you're right. There's, there's, they haven't put enough on field for me to think that one, they can be competitive anywhere, you know, and two, haven't done enough for me to feel like they're actually trying to win. I mean, you know, it seems now you bring in Adam Gase to be the fixer, right? He's got to make the, he's got to make the wins go away so that the draft picks can come in. And I think that's that's really what they brought him along for. You're not going to beat the Chargers. The Dolphins are going to handle you. The Raiders are going to handle you. You're not beating the Seahawks in, in Seattle. You're not beating the Rams in L.A. The Browns are going to run all over you. And the last game of the season, the Patriots are going to button up their probably above 500 season with a W against the Jets. There's no way. They're so remember, that Patriots game was the last game the Jets played because they were, they were off last week. Um, that came down to a game when he field goal at the end. You got to remember that. This Chargers game coming up this week, that's the one game I think that the Jets can win. They should not win rest of the year after that. Dolphins have a better defense. They should win there. Even though Tua is – you said before, Tua is inconsistent. Has barely hasn't even thrown over 200 yards yet. So that's – but the Miami's defense will win them that game. Let me let me make a correction there. He did throw for two forty eight against the uh, against the Arizona Cardinals in a game that they okay. won. But in okay. two of his three games, he didn't throw for two hundred yards, ninety three, and then one sixty nine. So he's okay. been inconsistent. When okay. they need him to throw, it might not be there. Okay, but Miami's defense is for. I do like Miami's defense, so they Absolutely. can win that with that against New York. They're not beating the Raiders. We said they're obviously not beating Seattle because they can't keep up with Russell Wilson in that offense. Nope. And we all know, even with the poor Seattle defense, the Jets have no offense. So that's out. The yep. Rams, they shouldn't beat. The Browns, on the other hand, I think that's a potential. I don't think they would win. I, I wouldn't put my money on the Jets winning that game because you said the Browns will run the ball, especially if Nick Chubb is healthy. He came back last week with Kareem yep. Hunt. They'll be fine. But then they had the last game of the year. So if, they're, if the New York Jets are going to get a win, ladies and gentlemen, it has to be this week against the Chargers. Do I think they're going to win? Probably not. <laughs> they need, this is the one week where you can say this is a week they, they, should, they need to get a win. Because other than that, if they go 0-10, it's looking like abysmal for the rest of the year. Sorry, sorry Jets fans out there. I know, I, know, I know there's plenty of you out there. Sorry to say it. Your team is, your team is trash. Yeah, man. The sound of – whenever somebody says the Jets, it just sounds like a wet fart. Like, I, I'm not messing with them. <laughs> let's get into the picks oh bed man looking at last week oh i had a i had a rough one for dude i, I definitely had a rough one uh i went nine and five you went 11 and three uh was putting you three games up on man that one um obviously uh what was it the C- seattle game i really yeah. thought i really thought seattle could pull that one out that was that was a rough one there but yeah I'll give it to the rams for that one um, so let's look it up this week. First up, Thursday night football tomorrow night. Of course, Arizona at Seattle. I was actually going to go with Arizona coming off that big, uh, like I said, last-minute win against the Buffalo Bills. I'm actually changing my pick right now to Seattle. Seattle, this is a divisional game. They're both high. Seattle needs this victory. I get it. Seattle doesn't have a defense. I totally get it. I'm not mad at your pick, Obed, in Arizona. Quite frankly, Arizona very well, damn well win this game. I'm just going out on a limb and picking Seattle. I completely understand that um, news report coming out that uh, Tyler Lockett is dealing with a knee injury. They are already not going to have Chris Carson. Uh, those are two of the biggest pieces Ooh. of that offense to begin with. Um, and Arizona, and he's quickly changing the pick back, which is fine. You just got to stay on All that right. newsreel. Yeah, so, you know. <laughs> there with, we go. I'm back on Arizona. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just, I'm just saying losing, losing pieces and, you know, already yeah. you can, if he can't score and you already know that the defense can't stop, I, I have to go. Arizona is on a high right now. Mm-hmm. Yes, Patrick Peterson is a whipping boy and is going to have his hands mm-hmm. full with DK Metcalf. Uh, mm-hmm. But Arizona is clicking. They can move the ball around. And there's nobody on that offense, even though they do practice against Russell Wilson, that is going to be able to catch up with Kyler Murray. But last week, DK Metcalf only got four targets and had two receptions. Why is that? I get it. He was going against Jalen Ramsey. I get that. Yeah. This week, he needs to have at least nine targets. He does, but at I mean, least nine targets. is he going to be open? If you know that you're dealing with a hobbled Tyler Lockett, you put your number one on DK Metcalf and you let your number two and the safety shay over the top make sure that mm-hmm. uh, Tyler Lockett doesn't do anything. If there's DK a way for yeah. DK, uh, DK Metcalf, um, if you, if you, no, 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 you put your number one on DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett mm-hmm. is covered by a two and a safety. Uh, if Arizona, if Seattle wants to try to win this game, it's going to be guys like David Moore, Will Disley. Greg Olson, 
you know, Travis Homer, guys you have never heard of are going to have to step up because those are guys going to be open, and we're going to see if Russ can cook with those guys. Yep, we'll see it. Philadelphia at Cleveland. I'm going Cleveland. Like you said, their run game is their run game is one of the best in the league with um, Chubb and Hunt. Philly just losing that losing that rough one against New York last week, man. Um, so I'm I'm going uh, Cleveland all the way. Agree with you on that one. Cleveland looked good. Uh, Chubb, you know, uh, sacrificing for the team, not helping out his fantasy managers, but definitely helping out his team control the clock so they can win that game. I yep. like Cleveland. Yep. Atlanta at New Orleans. Um, you know, I'm actually going to pick Atlanta this week. I even know New Orleans is, is better from top to bottom, but without Drew Brees, I think Jameis Winston is going to struggle in his first game. Back Now, he did play majority last week. He did play the second half last week. I get that. This will be his first full game. I'm going to go out on the limb. I'm going to pick the upset. I'm going Atlanta. So if let's take Jameis Winston out of New Orleans, let's say Jameis Winston and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to play, Atlanta's coming to play them in Tampa Bay. Do you think Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Jameis Winston at the helm has an opportunity to beat the Atlanta Falcons knowing the, this Atlanta Falcons that they are today? Yeah, because the, Atlanta, because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that defense, that's why I'll say it. That's the reason why it wouldn't be Jameis Winston leading. It would be the, it would be the defense. We all know Jameis Winston could put up 400 yards a game. He also put up give you five interceptions a game too. So yes. that's my problem here with 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 Jameis. So yep. um, I should I quite frankly I should be picking New Orleans right now. Absolutely, yep. I get it. But I'm just I'm just gonna go with the upset here, Atlanta. I like it, but you said it. That's where I'm going. I feel like the LA, the uh, New Orleans defense is going to help keep him in the game. And again, all he needs to do is stay within the guidelines. He got, he's got a great offense. Uh, not, I don't know if it has as many playmakers as he did when he was in Tampa Bay, but he's got a great offense there. Great running back, great wide receiver, and I think the defense will help him. So I'm going with New Orleans. All right, Cincinnati at Washington. Um, picking Cincinnati, Joe Burrow. Obviously, we talked about him briefly before. He's he's he, he manages the game well. He checks he checks down a lot you know he, he he covers his reads Washington's just a mess all around you know Alex Smith play, played well last week um you know starting for the first time in only almost two years but Cincinnati yeah I gotta go Cincinnati I mean that again it's amazing what Alex Smith is doing with drop foot uh and all the surgeries that he had on that leg but Cincinnati's gonna mob them yep uh Detroit at Carolina I'm going Carolina on this one here dude Detroit so inconsistent. They did deep defensively. They just have nothing for anyone. Sorry, sorry, Lions fans, but I'm saying Carolina. Wow, the Bens. If Teddy Bridgewater, I know he got banged up towards the in that game last week against the knee, and that's not. It is not the same knee injury he suffered in Minnesota some years back. So that's a good thing there. If Teddy Bridgewater plays, it's Carolina. If Teddy Bridgewater does not play, my my pick might will my pick will probably change. I'll say that. I I'm, think I, I have to think about it there for a second. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say I think I, I'm I'm actually going to change my pick to Carolina. Uh, news has come out that uh, Detroit. So looks like there's going to be a thumb injury that's going to kind of that might derail Matt Stafford's game this week, and he's going to have some kind of contraption on his thumb. Uh, so if he's going to be hobbled, I don't like his chances. I don't know if Kenny Galladay is going to be back. He's been on IR of late. Um, and I don't know if TJ Hawkinson is going to be enough. Uh, and even if Teddy uh, Bridgewater uh, doesn't play, PJ Walker, uh, who would be the backup, actually went to school with uh, Robbie Anderson at Temple, and they were coached both by Matt Rule. So they might just run some old plays and be okay. Uh, so I'm going to go with Caroline. Okay. All right. We'll see what happens there. Pittsburgh at Jacksonville. Things is an easy one. Jacksonville's uh, one and eight. Pittsburgh's nine and zero. Oh. We all know what it is. Pittsburgh all the way. There's no upset here. Let's go Pittsburgh. Yep. Tennessee at Baltimore. I'm going Tennessee here. Baltimore's looking real mediocre. We talked about them quite a bit. So this is an easy one for me, Tennessee. If anybody's going to study the tape that of what was seen last night, it's absolutely Mike Vrabel, disciple of uh, Bill Belichick. He's going to figure out what Bill's doing on defense, and he's going to give Tennessee a chance. Yep, New England at Houston. Um, New England, just just because of Bill Belichick, quite frankly, Houston, Houston's Houston's looking rough this year. I know they got we talked about it. They got rid of Bill O'Brien. They've got two wins on the year. Deshaun Watson doesn't have the weapons. I'm sorry, Texans fans, but your team's looking rough. You're gonna, it's pretty much a rebuilding year for your squad. Uh, so New England. Yeah, definitely gonna go New England all the way on this one. And again. Patriots fans, uh, you know, New England, my, my apologies not picking you last week. Hey, would you guys have picked yourselves against Baltimore coming off of the kind of games that they've had, knowing the, the how good the talent is on that side? Um, hey, you proved me wrong, and I love you for it. Let's go. A little, I want to hear a little sweet Carolina at the end of this game. 
<laughs> Miami at Denver. Talked about it before. Miami is playing well. Five five wins in a row. I think they make it six. Miami over over Denver. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they make it six. Uh, the Jets at Chargers. We've talked about this briefly before too. I'm going to go Chargers, but again, if the Jets do want to get a win this year, this is the week they have to get it get it done. But I will say the Chargers on paper. I will go with Chargers. Yeah, New York doesn't. They they they're not 100% defeated, but they don't really put up much of a fight. And I like what uh, uh, Justin Herbert has given us. Unfortunately, and that's who I was getting. I was mixing up Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. Uh, Justin Herbert got his haircut and looks like he's uh, going to be one of the uh, uh, hall monitors or uh, one of the uh, what's it called? Oh my goodness, um, Boy Scouts uh, of America. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's go Chargers. <laughs> all right. Green Bay at Indianapolis. That bad man Aaron Rodgers all the way. Let's go Packers. Absolutely. And people are concerned if Devontae Adams is going to play. Even if Devontae Adams doesn't play, the whipping boy on the outside is Xavier Rhodes, who the uh, Packers know very well from his time as Minnesota, and they will be able to handle him. I will say Indianapolis defense is, is not too shabby. They had a good game against Tennessee last week. They came back in that one, just dominated them in the second half. So kudos to the Colts. But yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go backers. Um, Dallas at Minnesota. We all know what it is. Dallas is terrible. They're on their 17th string quarterback right now. They're pulling guys out of the stands. They're pulling people walking on the street, you know, selling, selling cotton candy. So they play to play quarterback. So I'm going to Minnesota. Minnesota all the way. Yep. KC at Las Vegas. Las Vegas is the only team to um, up to beat Kansas City this far this season. Do they make it twice? I don't think so. I'm going Chiefs. Yeah, even though it is in Las Vegas, I'm going to go Chiefs on this one. I don't see them. I see them coming back and avenging the loss from earlier. Yep. And the Monday night matchup, last matchup of the week, Los Angeles Rams at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay all the way. Or should I say Tampa Bay? I think t- this week... Brady gets in the groove with Antonio Brown a little bit more. I think Antonio Brown actually has a good game. It's going to be a great matchup with him and Jalen Ramsey. Um, but again, you got Mike Evans on the other side. you got Chris Godwin. There's so many weapons to go around to. But I think this game is going to kind of Monday night. The lights are shining. I think this is where Brady and Antonio Brown really hook up and put on, put on a show for people. Yeah, Tampa Bay looked pretty bad last time they were on Monday Night Football. So I think they're going to want to like come out and, and prove themselves again. Hopefully, uh, you know, we don't give Antonio Brown a reason to destroy a security camera and throw his bike. Mm. Uh, but Got him. you know, yeah. But I, I think that, it'll be too, too, too soon. Too soon? No. No, not not soon enough. Not oh, soon. Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh man. Well, folks, I think that's going to do it for us this week here on What's the Word Entertainment. Thank you guys for joining once again. Of course, as always. Um. Hey, quick note before we roll out. Tomorrow night, premiere Thursday night on, I believe it's on HBO Max. Check out the Fresh Prince reunion. That's right, folks. There is a doing a Fresh Prince reunion 30 years ago um, that Fresh Prince of Bel-Air premiered. There is an official reunion with an entire cast, um, including the original Aunt Viv. As we all know, there was some tension between Will Smith and Aunt Viv. That's why she left after three seasons because they replaced her. Um, and this is the, I think the first time that Will Smith and the original Aunt Viv have actually sat down and spoken. So I think it's what, been 27 years. So we will get to see that for the first time. So I'm excited about this. Everyone is going to be there. Uh, Carlton Banks, Ashley Banks, Taylor Banks, the whole squad. Of course, as we know, Uncle Phil's not there. May he rest in peace. But man, the whole other squad is, is going to be there. It's going to be exciting. So don't forget to check that out tomorrow night. And don't forget to check us out, out check us out Excuse me, here on What's the Word Entertainment um, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on Twitter at D-W-W-E-N-T. For Obed, I am Sherm. We're going to catch you guys next time, everyone. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.